Father, we're so thankful for what you're doing in our lives. We're so thankful for what you're doing in this church. Uh, Father, we acknowledge that truly you are doing a new thing. And we are perceiving it. We're embracing the revelation you have given us about who we are and about what we have in you. We're not drawing back from the visions that you are birthing on the inside of us. We are embracing the pictures we are seeing. Lord, we receive your strength and your courage uh, for this day and in this time. Because you said that we should be strong and very courageous. We receive that. We recognize that we are the answer to the world because we are the light of the world and we are the salt of the earth. We recognize that we are the ambassadors of the kingdom of God on planet earth. We recognize that here we are pilgrims and surgeoners because our home is not here. Our home is in heaven. But while we're here, we'll extend your glory in the land and in the earth. Holy Father, as we get into your word, uh, we ask you to light our candles. We ask you to enlighten our darkness today. Thank you, Holy Spirit, because you are our guide. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, let's open to um, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16. Paul is talking about communion here. And he says, the cup of blessing we bless. Is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread we break. Is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we, though many, are one bread and one body. For we all partake of that one bread. You know, it is important that when we have communion, we understand the significance of it. Because Jesus' body was broken in order that his body may be one. Yeah, because the Bible says we are one bread and we partake of the one body. The word communion comes from the Greek word koinonia, uh, which speaks about fellowship, or you can take it literally as common union, as in we are one. You know, the, the importance of communion and our oneness is actually going to be demonstrated in this time like never before. We are living in a time where the Lord is bringing his body into divine alignment like in the days of the deliverance of his people from the land of Egypt it is a time when the gods of the earth are being judged but the intent is to liberate his people because when you study the ten plagues of Egypt every plague represented a god that they, are, they put their trust in and when the father came to liberate his people, all those gods had to be judged. The god of the Nile, they worshipped cows, gods of fertility. All those gods had to be judged when he came to liberate his people. In like manner, in the world and in our nation, it is important to understand that the Lord is coming. You know, we always call for the Lord, but sometimes we don't understand the implications of when the Lord comes. Because the closer the Lord gets, the more everything that can be shaken will be shaken. In order that that which cannot be shaken will remain. The closer he comes in response to our prayers, the more there will be a shaking. 
And that was what happened in the land of Egypt. As the Lord came closer to deliver his people, all the gods in which they put their trust had to be judged. But the intent of God was the liberation of his people. So it is important as a child of God to understand the times in which we live and God's protocol for ensuring that your life is founded on a foundation that cannot be shaken. Because even though you are in Christ, if your foundation is shaky, as he comes closer, things will start shaking in your life. So it is a time for the establishment of your life in roots that are eternal and cannot be shaken. Look at Exodus 12 verse 4. You know, this is a time where we must embrace our identity in him in the face of a contrary image that the world is projecting. We must follow his instructions even though they might seem counterintuitive. You will see as we read Exodus 12 that one of the values that God built in his nation that was poised for exit was an identity of community. As he was getting ready to release them out of bondage, they had to embrace an identity of community. It was counterintuitive because, you know, when you have been in uh, captivity for 400 years, everyone is going to look after himself. It is me and my own. Okay? Because nobody has enough. So I'm not going to look after you because I have my own problems. Okay? When you have been in captivity for 400 years, that is the mentality you have adopted. And in your mind, quite rightly so. But in order to receive deliverance in that day, they had to embrace the values of God. And one of those values was what? Community. Now we need to learn from those who have gone before. Otherwise, we'll fall prey to bad decisions that come out of a lack of wisdom. In Exodus chapter 12 verse 4, God was giving instructions to the children of Israel about the Passover lamb. And how they should prepare it. And in verse 4 of Exodus 12, he makes a statement, If a family is too small to eat a whole animal, let him share with another family in the neighborhood. Divide the animal according to the size of each family and how much they may eat. So he's talking about if you have more than enough, Share with those in your community. It reminds me of 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 15, which says, He that has much has nothing over, and he that has little has no lack. In verse 6 of Exodus 12, he makes this statement as he continues to give them instruction. He says, Take special care of this chosen animal until evening of the 14th day of the first month. Then the whole assembly, everyone say the whole assembly. This is the New Living Translation. The whole assembly of the community of Israel 
must slaughter their lamb or young goat at twilight. So on that night, everybody in Israel did the same thing. Everybody. So there was a unity of understanding. There was a unity of faith. There was a unity of obedience. Everybody did the same thing. Verse 28, as a result of what they did, it says, so the people of Israel did just as the Lord had commanded through Moses and Aaron. And that night at midnight, the Lord struck all the firstborn sons in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn son of Pharaoh who sat on the throne, to the firstborn son of the prison in the dungeon, even the firstborn of their livestock were killed. You know, the shaking is going to affect everybody. It doesn't matter where you live. Whether it's banana, whether it's banana island, or Lekki 1 or Lekki 2, or Okumaiko, or Festac. You're not going to say, well, I'm already having a hard time, so, you know, this shaking can't affect me because at least the grace of God will be extended to us people who are challenged. And you can't say that I have so much that I am well fortified, whatever may come. This shaking is going to affect everybody. Um, and it's not about you, it's about the foundations on which your life is established. And we see here in Israel that everybody was affected, but this community of faith, through their unity and the operation of God's values in community, their unity judged Israel and was the final catalyst for their deliverance. Their unity judged Israel. You know, the glory that God has given the church is to bring us into a oneness. The power of community. You know, when we talk about the people of Israel, or we use the phrase, the people of Israel, you know, Israelites were, are different from, you know, Nigerians. And when you say the people of Israel, it's different from if you say Nigerians or British or American, because Israel was a person. Yeah? Israel was the name that Jacob was named after his encounter with God. Remember that. Okay? So their community was founded on a common identity in a person. A name, their name came out of an encounter with God. It wasn't just a couple of people that decided they want to hang out. No, their identity came from a person. A name that came out of an encounter with God. This was an identity that came out of power with God. What God is building in his people is a strong community that is based on our identity in Christ. Because our identity in Christ is stronger than family. It is stronger than ethnicity. It is stronger than national bonds. Because this is a spiritual identity. A communion in Christ. And you know it is only this identity, only this unity that will judge the world and usher in the purposes of God in this time for the church. I believe these are things we must agree with, not just mentally, but we must live this way. Because believe you me, if we do not follow the instructions of community in this time, we are not going to make it in the days to come. It's not that we're not going to go to heaven. Heaven is assured. 
But in terms of establishing the purposes of God in the earth and standing, surviving, and thriving in the days to come, our lives will be shaking like everybody else's. I believe that once again God has given instructions for the building of an ark for the deliverance of his people. You know, in the days of Noah, there was no deliverance anywhere else apart from the ark. Isn't that correct? The animals had to hear the sound of God. And they had to enter the ark two by two. Two is a number of agreement. They had to come in in the spirit of agreement, in the spirit of community. I believe again that the Lord is building an ark for the deliverance of his people. This is the only place in the community of the saints that deliverance will be found in the days to come. Where a brother locks arm with a brother and sister in the spirit of covenant love. Upholding each other, protecting each other, fighting for each other. You know, it is said that in every elite fighting force, like in the, in the SEALs or, you know, any elite fighting force, you never fight for yourself. You are always fighting for the person next to you. Because when you fight for the person next to you, and everybody in, in the army is fighting for the person next to them, guess what's going to happen? We're going to move forward as one. And that is what God is doing right now. It doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. You will experience it in the days to come. So it is important that you embrace the spirit of covenant love. Embrace the spirit of community. I don't have to like you. You don't have to like me. But we have been bound by a love that is greater than liking. So I will submit to you and you must submit to me in love. I'll forgive you not because you deserve forgiveness. But because I remember that the Lord has forgiven me. And if the Lord could so forgive me, then there's nothing I can do to you that you can't forgive. And there is nothing you can do to me that I cannot forgive. Otherwise, I am deficient of understanding. And I forget the redemption in which I stand. Because the redemption of Jesus is based on his forgiveness and his forgiveness and his forgiveness and his forgiveness. You know, it is a sad thing that even though Israel walked with God and, and they, saw, I mean, they saw the very presence of God on a daily basis, they still rebelled against God. And when you read the history of Israel, you see that a lot of times they waited until they were impoverished before they called out to God. I mean, Judges chapter 6 is an excellent example of this, where the Midianites and the Amalekites you know, came and overran Israel every time they had a harvest. You know, they planted, when it was just time to harvest, they overran the land and, you know, the people of God had to start living in caves and they were very impoverished. It is a very sad thing when we do not obey the instructions of the Lord that are for our protection and we wait until we lose everything before we come back to him. He always forgives us and restores us, but it's a very sad thing because we would have lost so much ground. Don't wait until the days come and establish themselves in your experience before you start remembering this message that Pastor Carlton preached. Because your deliverance is right here before you. It is in the presence of community. Psalm 133 says, Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down the beard, the beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there, everyone say there, it says, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, life 
forevermore. There, there, there. The anointing of deliverance is released in community. It is there that the Lord commands the blessing. Oil is a type of the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the enablement of God to break through irrespective of what's going on. The Lord pours that anointing in the context of community. Matthew 18, 18 to 20, the Message Bible translation of Matthew 18, it says, take this most seriously. Wow. Take it most seriously. Take it most seriously. A yes on earth is yes in heaven. A no on earth is no in heaven. What you say to one another is eternal. Now that's quite a significant statement. What you say to one another. You know, during the School of the Spirit, Dr. Efe talked about the fact that you're a spiritual being and as a spirit being, when you speak words, those words remain in the spirit. What you say to one another is eternal. Don't allow somebody to make you say words that when you stand before God, you'll regret. What you say to one another is eternal. Let's go on. He says, I mean this. When two of you get together on anything at all on earth and make a prayer of it, my Father in heaven goes into action. And where two or three of you are together because of me, you can be sure that I will be there. You see, a, a key understanding here is agreement. The fact that we are in unity about something and he stands with us in agreement on earth. What we say, what we declare together in that spirit of agreement as the body of Christ, as a united community, he is there in our midst adding his agreement to it. Ephesians 4 verse 4 says, for there is one body. Everyone say one body. There's one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism. There is one God and Father who is over all and in all and living through all. There is one body, just like there's one Father. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 says, As the body is one and has many members, but as all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is what? Is Christ. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free. We have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. I, I like the recurring theme of one there. There's one body, there's one spirit doesn't matter who you are we've all been baptized into the same body we are one you know thank God for the doctrine of identification the focus on our DNA our nature in Christ but what we're seeing here and this is important you don't get anything out of this I want you to focus on this what we're seeing here from this passage is that it's much more than being identified with one another in Christ what we're seeing here is that in Christ, you are a body part. You are like a body part. That means that you will never capture who you are in Christ without capturing the image of the body you are a part of. Because who you are in Christ is irrelevant outside your connection and contribution to the body. I mean, the fact that this is a great hand is irrelevant because if it is detached from, a, from my body, it is no longer a hand, is it? 
It's, it might look like a hand, but it's not a functional hand. So every body part gets its meaning from its connection to the body. Is that not true? Every body part has great attributes, but it also has great limitations. It does not matter how effective a hand is, it can never be an eye. It does not matter how great an eye is, it can never be a foot. So if the Bible says that we are like members of a body in the body of Christ, it is telling us that your identity in Christ means nothing outside of its relevance in the context of the overall body. So if I want to know who I am in Christ, it's not just about knowing what Jesus has done for me, but it is about knowing who I am in the context of his body, because otherwise I don't know who I am in Christ. And you see, it is this body that understands that we are one, that is going to move forward as Christ in the earth in this day. Because we cannot have hands running around or a head running around. It wouldn't get very far. All right? Because the life of the members is in the unity of the body. I'll say it again. The life of the members is in the unity of the body. And that is why Christ commands his blessing there. And that's why we have verses like 1 Peter 4.10 that says... As each one of you has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So that means that my gift that I have must be used in the service of his body and in the advancement of his kingdom. My gift I have must be used in the service of his body and in the advancement of his kingdom. So when you're thinking about your gifting and your blessing, you need to press into this understanding and truth that God, this thing you have given me, how do I use it? How do I serve the body of Christ with it? How do I advance your kingdom with it? And when we all do that as one, we will stand strong in the days to come. Because brother will look after brother, sister will look after sister, brother, sister will lock arms together. We will serve one another with the giftings of God and the graces of God and the resources of God in our hands and we will judge the world through our unity and our love 